for service. As we gather for the presbytery to unite these two congregations, all done in the very different circumstances of COVID-19 restrictions. Let's just take a wee moment to greet each other and wave to the folk at home. Let's be quiet now in prayer. Let us pray. The psalmist wrote, Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call on his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him. Sing praises to him. Tell of all his wonderful works. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. Heavenly Father, we praise you for your greatness, your goodness, and your love. You are the mighty God, maker of all that is, seen and unseen. Our minds cannot grasp how great you are. And yet you know each one of us and care about each one of us. You are the holy God, concerned with truth, justice, faithfulness, who sets high standards for all people and made them known through the prophets, teachers, and apostles, but supremely in the life and teaching of Jesus, your Son. You are the loving God who cares passionately about each one of us, seeking the best for us, forgiving us, and giving us new starts, who is always active through the Spirit, seeking to bring peace and justice to your world who gave us your Son, Jesus, to be our Saviour and Lord. We confess that as individuals and as your Church, we have fallen short of what you want of us. We are sorry and ask for your forgiveness. With your Spirit's power, help us to be the people you want us to be to serve you faithfully in all that we do and say. Through Christ our Lord we pray. Amen. Now we have our Bibles, Bible readings, read for us by Irene Woods and Muriel Smith. first reading tonight is from the book of Acts, Acts chapter 4, verses 32 to 35. The title is The Believers Share Their Possessions. The group of believers was one in mind and heart. No one said that any of his belongings was his own, 
but they all shared with one another everything they had. With great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God poured rich blessings on them all. There was no one in the group who was in need. Those who owned fields or houses would sell them, bring the money received from the sale, and hand it over to the apostles. And the money was distributed to each one according to his need. Amen, and thanks be to God for this reading. Our second reading tonight is taken from 1 John, chapter 1, reading through to chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. The Word of Life. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the Word of the Life. The life appeared, and we have seen it and testify to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father, as, has, as and as appeared to us. We proclaim to you that we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. This is a message that we have heard from him and declared to you, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus, his Son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar, and his word has no place in our lives. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have the one who speaks to the Father in our defense, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. Amen. Doesn't the picture of the church described in our reading from Acts sound 
wonderful. They're one in heart and mind. There's no, that's mine, whether referring to a seat or whatever. Everyone is treated fairly, and the leaders focus on sharing the good news. What a pity that fairly soon afterwards, just over one chapter in the book of Acts, there's a big argument between different groups in the Jerusalem church. And virtually every letter that follows on in the New Testament after the book of Acts refers to some division or other. For his university dissertation as part of a sociology degree, a friend's son analyzed the crisis in his local women's rural committee. There were extraordinary meetings of the committee. Friends and neighbors fell out. And the reason? Disagreement on whether you used six or eight tea bags in making tea in one of those big pots that the women's rural and the guild use. I joke not. The lad was interested in the technical de wasn't interested in the technical details about the difference in taste between tea made with six or eight tea bags, nor was he interested in the financial implications of saving two tea bags in every pot. Rather, he was looking at why individuals could get themselves so worked up about something so seemingly unimportant. Was there some kind of background history of splits or differences of opinion reflected in the teabag battle lines? And why was it that particular issue that was the catalyst for the big argument that split the local community? I suspect that there's many a congregation around Scotland and around the world that could identify with the arguments and splits in that women's rural committee. Sociologists and psychologists could have a field day with all the curt rows that have been from Acts 6 onwards. But whatever conclusions they come to, the theological explanation for why the church isn't perfect, like that description in Acts 4, the reading we had just a wee while ago, is that the church is made up of people. We've all been created in God's image. We're all called to be his people, his friends, his children through his son, Jesus Christ. But we know, without pointing the finger at anybody else, 
but looking at the face that we see in the mirror, that no matter how hard we try to follow Jesus' way, we're anything but perfect. Sometimes we have our own agendas, sometimes we have off days. Sometimes we lose sight of Jesus' vision for the world. God has extended the invitation to be part of his family, his church, to everyone. Some folk are really likable. They're easygoing. But some folk, they just rub us up the wrong way completely. All are invited. And God wants us to make them all welcome and let them bring their gifts, their ideas, their contribution to the work of building his kingdom. It sounds wonderful in theory, but it's hard in practice. We have to welcome folk that, to be honest, we don't really like. Folk from different backgrounds, folk with different opinions, folk with different lifestyles. Sometimes it means zipping our mouths. Sometimes it means keeping the eyes and eyebrows under strict control. It can mean listening to their suggestions and not dismissing them out of hand with a, a we've I done it this way and we're no changing new. Or we tried that back in the 60s. It didn't work then, so it'll not work now. It can mean stepping back from the job that we've done and enjoyed for years to let somebody else do it and do it differently. Being church is hard. But it's not a club for like-minded people. It's a group called by God to live out a foretaste of the kingdom. Living out the values and standards of God seen in Jesus. It's hard, but we don't do it alone. God has given us his spirit to help us to be changed people, to lead and guide us, and to do his work of building the kingdom. Church family of Glenburn, Church family of Stowbray, soon to come together as the church family of St. George's. May God bless you in your work and witness. Strive to be like the community described in the book of Acts that we heard a little while ago. But when you get it wrong, as you will, because we're all human and that's what human beings do, 
Remember that you're called to be God's people. <coughs> Turn back to him. Ask for his forgiveness. Forgive others. And be open to his spirit's leading and guiding. Amen. Let's affirm now the faith of the church in the words of the Apostles' Creed. It's a wee chance when you can stand up, don't see it too loudly, so that we keep within the rules. Um, but um, I presume the words will be appearing on the screen. Yep. No. Right. Okay. Well, I'll say the words and you can affirm them. Right. You like this now. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. And I'll now ask Alistair, who is acting as presbytery clerk this evening, to give a brief account of the steps leading to this evening's service. Thank you, moderator. The church and parish of Wenburn fell vacant on the 26th of June 2017 through the retirement of the Reverend Ian Reid. The church and parish of Stowbray fell vacant on the 21st of March 2019 through the translation of the Reverend Robert Craig to the charge of Hillington Park in the, pres in the Presbytery of Glasgow. The Presbytery's Planning Review Committee, having indicated that readjustment was necessary in the centre of Paisley, negotiations took place between the Kirk Sessions of Glenburn and Stowbray. A basis of union was drawn up and duly approved by both congregations, the Assembly's Presbytery Planning Task Group and the Presbytery itself. Clyde Presbytery, being duly constituted, will now proceed to bring the union into effect. Let's be quiet again in prayer. Let us pray. Gracious God, we thank you for the worship and witness of these two congregations. Glenburn 
and Stowbury. We give thanks for members now and all who have gone before, bearing witness to you in their words and actions, fostering a living church community, caring for one another and the community round about, encouraging people to explore life's deeper questions. Be with them now as they take this new step of faith. Through Christ our Lord we pray. Amen. Following the resolution of the Presbytery of Clyde to unite the parishes of Paisley Glenburn and Paisley Stowe Bray, both in vacancy. <coughs> the Presbytery now seeks the blessing of Almighty God on these congregations and parishes as they come together in union. To the glory of God the Father, who has called us by his grace. To the glory of God the Son, who loved us and gave himself for us. To the glory of God the Holy Spirit, who enlightens and sanctifies us. We consecrate this union. In the unity of the faith, in the communion of saints, in gratitude for the labors and sacrifices of our forebears, in loving remembrance of those who have finished their course, acknowledging that without us their work would not be made perfect, we dedicate ourselves to the worship of God and the service of his kingdom. Now, therefore, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the only King and Head of the Church, I declare these two congregations to be united as Paisley St. George's. Amen. Members of Paisley St. George's here, members of Paisley St. George's at home, would you like again to wave to each other as the only socially distanced way we can actually greet each other now that you are all members of one congregation? And I'll now invite Vary, interim moderator of this new congregation to lead us in our closing prayer. Let's pray. Eternal and living God, you loved us before we could love you, and you gave us your Son, Jesus Christ, to show us the greatness of your love. He taught us how to live and love through word and through example. Fill our lives with his spirit of service that together we may be the instruments of his love. Bless us with the wisdom and power of your spirit that we may tell the good news of Jesus Christ to others. Lord, grant us as part of this new congregation of St. George's 
fresh faith and vision, new life and power, and abounding joy in all our service. We pray for the renewal of the whole church, for the peace of this world in which we live, for the well-being of our nation and our community, for the care and comfort of our families and friends. We pray for the health and happiness of all people. And tonight especially, we pray that treatments and vaccines for COVID will soon allow the restrictions to be eased, that we may serve and worship you more freely. Tonight, we remember, Lord, those who love this church, but whose illness or frailty, duties or restrictions due to COVID prevent them from being with us now. Keep us united with them and with the faithful who built up the many congregations upon which this new congregation of St George's is built. Help us to hand on to our children the good news of Jesus Christ and the heritage of faith, untarnished, undiminished. And Lord, at the end, bring us with all your people to the fullness of your eternal joy. We pray through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns and is worshipped and glorified with you, the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. So we come to the end of our service and I'd invite you, if you're able, to stand for the blessing. God the Father sends you out to be his witnesses wherever you go, to work to bring healing and wholeness in all you do. And the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Rest and remain with you today and every day and forever. Amen.